Girls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we're doing books by Black authors. I had a lot to choose from um, between like like a fantasy and like a historical, and I went with a thriller, unsurprisingly. Look at you being diverse on your shelf. I know. It was a lot more than I thought. I had a whole bunch of other ones too, but I was like, this is too many choices now. So I actually had a quite diverse uh, pick to choose from. I was pretty impressed with myself. I feel like a lot of times because I pick psychological thrillers, I end up with like a white lady who's written most of my books. I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, white lady wrote most of my books, but I had more variety than I expected when I had to look through my books. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. We're doing better. Killing it. it. Takes a little bit. Uh, the book that I picked, I actually got um, an advanced readers copy from Net Galley, and it comes out oh. the day after this episode will post. So June twenty seventh? Oh. Question mark? Yes, June twenty seventh. Yeah, publication day. So yeah, I'm gonna jump right in. Uh, the book that I did is The Other Mistress by Shonora Williams. Uh, it's like mystery thriller, suspense, that kind of one. Basically, so what it is is our main character Adria. She has been married to her husband, Gabriel, for two years, dating for five. And she just found out that he's having an affair with a woman named Jocelyn. Shit. Yeah. And she's like, do I call him out? Do I not? What do I do? But like, she's crazy in love with him. She wants to have a baby with him. All these things. Like she is willing to forgive him. Everything like that. Oh boy. Um, But she hasn't like really called him out on it yet. Um, but in this, while she's like figuring this out, she discovers this other woman that he's also having an affair with Jacqueline. No, Jocelyn can't be right. It's not Jacqueline and Jocelyn. What is the other one? Hmm. Either way, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I'll, as soon as I'm saying that, I'm realizing okay. that those are <laughs> both guessing like yourself. Juliana. Okay. So the first mistress is Juliana. The second one is Jacqueline. Mm, and so okay. she, how she like discovers... Jacqueline so I can't remember exactly how she discovered Juliana I think she just like kind of had a suspicion and like followed him one day and saw them like outside of a hotel or something like that um, or outside the mall and they were like kissing and then how she discovered um, the other woman is like her husband was sleeping and she's like okay well, I'm gonna check his phone and everything like that you know kind of figure out what's going on and um And there's no text messages, obviously, because he's not stupid. So he deletes all of those. And then, but she is like, oh, she goes and checks the email, his email. And that's when she has an email from, or she sees the email from Jocelyn. So yeah, Juliana and Jocelyn. There is no Jacqueline. I don't know where I got Jacqueline from. Does it have a J name? I get it. And honestly, this book was confusing because Adria's assistant also has a name that's like AD. And so... Like mm. for ha- the first chunk of this book, I did not know who, I, what, like what was happening, oh, what was no. going on. So that was really confusing. So, um, yeah, she discovers an email from Jocelyn to Gabriel, like, "Oh my gosh, last night was so fun. Can't wait to see you." And he has like a response back that's like, "Oh my god, yeah, me too." Basically, and wow. so she copies the email, goes back into her email, emails her, and is like, "Stop sleeping with my husband." Uh, the woman like Ooh. immediately emails back and is like okay whatever what do you want to do about it so like and it's just like instantly like oh we're gonna fight and yeah so, right yeah so they the two of them decide to like meet up at um this like kind of high class fancy like bar restaurant place that mm-hmm. um Jacqueline owns 
Jocelyn. I got to cross Jacqueline off of this notepad. right? I think, here. yeah, because you wrote it down. Yeah, That's I wrote why. it down and it's ruining it. Okay. Ruining doing your it. life. I'm doing it right now. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. So it's this restaurant called Jessica's. And so they like meet up. And at this point, Jocelyn and Gabriel have already, like Gabriel's already ended it with Jocelyn mm-hmm. at this point. Like Jocelyn's like kind of annoyed. Like how, like, how do you leave me kind of a thing? And Rude. so she's like, all for yeah. getting revenge like whatever she's like yeah but jerry is like oh there's another mistress like you're just the other mistress like he's been with juliana for like a year and a half like they've been having an affair for a year and a half now it gets around yeah and he's been with adria like they've been together five years married too so he's basically oh, been having shit. this affair the entire time and so That's awful yeah so when she tells jocelyn like you're just the other mistress she was like okay well what are we going to do about this Juliana person? Like, mm-hmm. you want her gone? Like, and she's like, Adria's like, no, no, like, I don't need want her gone. I just want my husband back. Jocelyn's like, okay, whatever. And like, at some points, you're like, why is the other mistress helping? But really, like, she's still kind of scorned. Um, and it doesn't help that Juliana is also like gorgeous. Like, they're all mm-hmm. beautiful women, all fairly successful. Like, so Adria has. Type. Yeah, Adria is worth like twenty million dollars. Like oh, started shit. this company from the ground up. The only go? reason Gabriel is even so he like owns a rugby team or something that she funded. Like she gave him all oh. the startup capital for and everything. Like he would literally be nothing without her. And he says that to her sometimes. Like oh, she's God. like, "Oh, do you love me?" And he's like, "Of course I love you. I'd be nothing without you." And it's like, "Yeah, no, literally, he would be nothing and literally without." Oh you. my gosh! Drop him. Like you are so much better than him. But no. She wants to stay. She wants to forgive his <sighs> sins. She wants a baby with him. Blah, blah, blah. So it kind of just starts to like spiral at this point. Like Adria starts like following them. She like stops taking her meds and like all of these things. She finally Yikes. does agree to Jocelyn. Is like, okay, like how would we go about this? Like what would we do to get rid of Juliana? And it's like, is that really what you want to be doing? Like, is this kind of question? And like she has a couple times like randomly would be like to like April and her would be getting ready in the morning or something and would be like, oh, yeah, so Jocelyn. And he'd be like, what? Huh? Who? And then she would just be like, oh, no, nothing. And then they both would just like play it off like she didn't say anything. Like she didn't literally just like throw out his mistress's name. So that was weird. And like she decides like part of the plan, like to help try to get rid of Juliana. Because at first she's like, well, maybe I can just like. Mm-hmm. become her friend and convince yeah. her to leave gabriel so she like gets a wig and like because she also she's basically been stalking this woman for like months now too so she knows oh, where yeah. she goes to her bar class where she gets her coffee every single or a smoothie after bar exactly what the smoothie is everything and so, so creepy yeah so she like her and like jocelyn like come up with a plan she gets like a wig they decide on a fake name and she goes and like befriends her basically to like with like the whole plan of being come once she's good enough friends to be like oh leave him like you're a mistress let him go back to his wife which i'm like i don't know that that would really work so well like that you're going to trust a brand new friend to like help make those right i don't know about that but atria's not really in her right mind like you can tell like she's grasping at straws kind of trying to do whatever she can at this point um and jocelyn's just here for the ride like she's just sitting back eating popcorn just like waiting and it's like one of these days you're gonna ask me to help you get rid of her like, I know you are. Because she's already planted the seed and she's so confident in herself that she's mm-hmm. like, this is going to happen. 
and it does and it's like oh dang and i'm like oh my gosh are you serious but this whole time like Adria's supposed to be like kind of trying to like run her business she's like canceled all these meetings with like this like fashion design so she has um a silks business mm-hmm. so there's like a fashion designer who's supposed to she's like supposed to have all these meetings with for all the fall lines that are going to come out she was like uh-huh. canceled a whole bunch of those which is like very unlike her her assistant mm-hmm. is like well, what in the world's going on right there's also this woman woman dina who's like been in her life for like 18 or 19 years at this point she's kind of like an older gal um she does like reiki and healing and stuff but she's gonna be coming into town but mm-hmm. she's like really like it's like she's known adria like her entire adult life basically at this point yeah if not more um and so she's like kind of in tune to like know when something's going on so she's like asking like you know are you still taking your meds like are you drinking too much are you getting good enough sleep are you meditating like we talked like are you doing all of these things that like we've talked about that Hashtag you should be self-care. doing yeah and it's realized of course and it's like yeah yeah but she's worried because she's like okay well as soon as dina gets into town she's like gonna be in town for two weeks or something she was like she's gonna see right through me like she's gonna yeah see probably. all of this um so she does come to town and she is concerned but like Atria is kind of putting on like a good face you know she's lying her way through it but then they go to this other woman's house that i'm not entirely sure how the two of them how um Adria and dina know this couple this husband and wife and they're like brand new baby college maybe i honestly can't remember um it wasn't super clear to me but either way they like go there and that's kind of like when it like finally that dina is like you're lying to me something is going on yeah. like what is it and so Adria is finally like Gabriel's having an affair, was having two affairs, mind you. And now it's that's so ridiculous. One. Who and can maintain that? I know. I'm like, you, and you have to, yeah, I'm like, you have what we only have, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. How are you doing this? Right. You also are like running a rugby team that's going to expand and you're supposed to be like helping Jeez. build a stadium. So, like, what is going on? Busy I don't know. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah, so she finally kind of tells you know what's going on uh she leaves out the entire part that like you know she met the other mistress and they're plotting a way to get rid of juliana mm-hmm. um so honestly at this point this is all i can tell you i can't tell you a single other thing that happens other than like adria and jocelyn have a plan to get juliana out of the picture so adria can get together with gabriel regularly jocelyn like tries to be like leave this man like you're way better and then adria's like no but i love him blah blah and so she's finally like, okay, fine. Like, if this is what you want, I'll help you do it. And Adria asked, like, why? And she's like, because you're a confident woman. You should get what you want. Like, mm-hmm. everything like that. So, but yeah. Whoa. That's all I can tell you. Uh, it is like a thriller mystery suspense. So, like, kind of like the huh part. I feel like I saw, like, only a chapter before it came. And these are short, short chapters. Like, are this they? was all on my Kindle. But in real life, they would probably be maybe four pages. Like, which is also weird because you jump these chapters and almost all of them are from Adria's point of view. So it's weird to be changing a chapter so fast, but I think it's how we're like showing a little bit of passage of time, I think. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, so it was probably like at most maybe 10 pages before the like big twist reveal, whatever you want to call it, shows up that I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I think it's going to be this. And I was right on what it was. But if you had asked me if I'd been like, oh, this is what's going to happen or like, this is what is happening. There's no way I ever could have guessed what was going to happen that came after. Like, yeah, I might have figured out the, like, aha part of it where, like, what's actually going on. And, like, because, like, at this point, like, at one point, you're like, who can I even trust? 
in this book like you're all kind of doing shady things you're all and that might also just be that i was confused because all the names are so similar that could very well be part of it there's also these like random like kind of interlude chapters that are like these two little girls that are probably like i don't know 12 and 8 maybe something like that and like their life and like their life is crap like their mom's a horrible person like very religious very controlling brought in Mm. a creeper man into their life and so yeah and like it's uh not super super graphic but i will say a trigger warning if you choose to read this book definitely child molestation is like like you know that it happened the little girls know what happened to them the mom does not believe them Mm. granted it takes up like two sentences one sentence maybe like i think total it's like three sentences long but you know what happens and yeah so just throwing that out there if that's gonna like turn you off don't read the book totally fine but the whole time because like these just randomly show up the whole time you're like who are these little girls what year is this happening to these little girls is this currently happening to these little girls yeah what is past is this future how Mm. the heck do these little girls tie in to this whole story who is this mom lady like yeah and it's like what's going on and then there's like a really nice older kind of neighbor lady that the girls can like go to as like a trusted adult and you're like okay well maybe she's has to do with the story like so which one of these characters of these like five characters is related yeah which one of them is relevant are they all relevant is it just some of them like what is going on so like that also just kind of keeps you going and that does help through that is kind of how you figure out what's sort of going on like at some point Mm -hmm. it finally kind of like they the author gives you just just like a little sprinkle of more information and you're like oh okay but it takes a good chunk of the book um i will say this started off really really slow for me like one the characters are all too similarly named for my brain like one it doesn't help that i'm not good at actually remembering characters to begin with and i just give them made up names but the names are all way too similar like adria dina jocelyn juliana like all of this is just all too similar for me and then whatever adria's secretary assistant's name also starts with an a so like that was really hard for me to follow and kind of get into for the beginning but once i did i probably like 20 percent, 15 percent. like once i was actually kind of like in it then i was hooked and i was like okay i have Mm. to know exactly what happens like i'm not setting this book down what in the world is going on so overall probably like four four and a half out of five i would say interesting well i feel like mine was very different although i did have a hard time getting into it at first too um so i read how the one-armed sister sweeps her house by sheree jones it's been on my list for a while yeah i've had it um sitting on my shelf for a while too so i'm glad i finally read it i'm like actually reading the back of it right now because i'm kind of curious what other people say about it I was like, maybe they'll, I had kind of mixed feelings. Sorry. I just want to read the back real quick. Yeah. Like no maybe there's something relevant that I should call out to you. I want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. If they, sometimes. Yeah. Some of the folks who like say little blurbs, it's really useful. But... Okay. Yeah. I feel like we all kind of had the same experience. Um. Okay. So this book, I honestly don't know what I thought it was going to be about, but it wasn't about at all what I thought it was going to be about. Um, okay. <laughs> so Uh, This book is set in, like, 1980s in Barbados, and the way that it seems, 
the like one armed sister story is going to be like woven in is a little more subtle than I had expected. Like I thought mm. it was going to like tell me more about it. So the how the one armed sister sweeps her house thing is like basically a cautionary tale where women will tell this to their granddaughters about how there's one good sister and there's one bad sister and that the tunnels on Baxter Beach and Barbados are like where like this evil man lives basically and that the bad sister who was told not to go down to the tunnels decided to go down to the tunnels and when she like got there I don't remember exactly what happens but basically he rips her arm off Jeez. Mm, <laughs> yeah and the uh main character of our story is told this by her grandmother to keep her basically in line so like Mm -hmm. that's just like what they told little girls so like this story bounces back and forth between like our main character's childhood and then our main character right now and like i said i think the way that that story is um relevant to the rest is very subtle so like you can think on that it's a thinker uh but the way that the rest of the story is written other than like them outlining what this cautionary tale is which i think is basically just like you should be good because like bad things happen down the tunnels. Like it's mostly related to local because like the tunnels do come up throughout the story and like clearly bad stuff happens through like people will like traffic drugs through the tunnels. So like it obviously comes with kind of like, like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the young, the dot, the granddaughter, when she's told the story, she's like, but like, you know, why does it matter if she's missing an arm? She can still live like a very full life. And her grandmother was like, you idiot. How does she sweep her house? Like that's, <laughs> that's like why they called it that. So like, it's, okay. I, it's kind of funny. Um, our main character, Lala, her name is actually Lala. Uh, her grandmother calls her Stella. It's her middle name, I guess. Okay. That's pretty, um, yeah, I like it. So she lived with her grandmother because her mother has passed away. Uh, she does not have a very good relationship with her grandma and it doesn't come up like she doesn't even call her grandma. She calls her Wilma. Um, this story has a lot of trigger warnings. So I'm going to start with them at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rougher than I thought. I'm not going to lie. So there's murder. There's infant death. There's rape. There's incest. There's child molestation um, and domestic violence. Jeez. So. It's a lot packed into a very small story, but it's a very interesting story. So it's really about like this girl's like Lala's life, basically. Um, So it really goes because I said it went back and forth between like the late 60s. So her childhood to like the early 80s. So you really get to see her like start to finish. Life sounds really hard for her. I mean, it Barbados uh, relies on tourists a lot. So like she like braids hair for money, basically, like it's what she's mm-hmm. like passionate about. So she like sits on the beach and waits for tourists to let her braid her hair. She... um is a product of incest unfortunately um yeah her mother was like killed too by like her follow-up husband like it's a whole awful tragic story that like really it the way they line it up in the book it doesn't like it's tragic throughout the book but like it doesn't feel like it's too much at once i kind of like the way that this author sprinkles it in like Yeah, everything literally that they cover in this book is super heavy, but the way that the author introduces each new additional thing, it makes it like spread out. You know what I mean? It's not like all of a sudden here's all this information. So like Mm -hmm. it sounds like a lot when I say it, but like the way that the author did it, like it was spread out throughout the book. Like you find out more information throughout time. So there is that. Um, It's not like in your face, Uh, but basically what's happening in the book primarily is that because there is like kind of like a main story thread although it's mostly about like her life like it's kind of weird it took me a little bit to get into it because they do also write it as if it's like 
broken English from like Barbados. Oh, So and that's like how like that's spelled in the typing. Yeah. like some sometimes there's specific typos and I know that it's like trying to convey like accent and stuff, but Yeah. it made it really hard to get into it at first, but Mm -hmm. there is a main story thread. So the main story thread that I, I will tell you is essentially that Lala, the main character, um, she is an adult now, she's married, she's like 35-ish weeks pregnant with her first child um her husband clearly from the beginning does like sketchy jobs like he's like a robber basically so like she never knows exactly what he's doing but she knows that he has jobs and like sometimes he'll lie and say he's fishing or whatever so she kind of has to figure it out so she's like 35 or so weeks pregnant he's gone for like a job and uh she starts bleeding so she's like that's not good so she starts to leave to go seek help um And she miraculously, like, rings the doorbell of a gate of, like, one of the big tourist homes that are on the beach directly. Um, And her husband runs out. But not before she hears a gunshot. Oh. So, like, literally all I'm going to tell you is, like, like I said, like, just the basics of the story. Like, it's just you find out all this very quickly. Like, it's it starts off with a bang. Literally. <laughs> um, so she hears that gunshot, but she's just like, okay, I can't even deal with this right now. Like, she's dealing with the whole, like pregnant thing and uh he brings her to the hospital when he does come out i'm pretty sure he's got like a mask in his hand and so like he like very calmly like gets rid of the gun and gets rid of the mask like on the way to the hospital like no big deal but like he's clearly doing something weird like you know what i mean like yeah you know so he basically while she's dealing with that he's trying to hide from the police because he did murder one of the tourists okay. so that's like the first time that at least that she's aware of or even other main characters are aware of that he's like murdered anybody like he's basically like this big guy who's kind of in charge just like mostly because of his stature and his age in their area he like ends up being in charge of a lot of stuff so like mm-hmm. people kind of revere him but also know he's trouble do you know what i mean like so he is trying to hide in the tunnels like i said the tunnels come up a lot about like how like basically bad guys go there um so he's trying to hide in the tunnels while she's dealing with the the baby situation baby does survive birth mom everybody's okay everybody goes home he's like in and out because the police are still looking to figure out who murdered this white tourist from like england like that's a big deal like Mm -hmm. they're not going to just like let that go so uh it's clear that they don't have like a very like loving relationship. Like it's, it seems kind of abusive, but like things are like, okay. At the beginning when um, they never actually named the baby babies <laughs> called baby um, okay. when baby is born. Um, it's a little girl and his friend. So the dad, he's in and out, right. His friend comes by to like say hi and like meet the baby. And his friend brings this like girl by that. I guess everybody knows, but they're not like close. There's a lot of like, um, like not strippers like prostitutes and that kind of thing so his best friend is actually like he gets paid by rich old white ladies to show him a good time mm-hmm. or like bring him on jet ski trips and that kind of thing it's yeah. like you get to know like his his friends but basically it the primary incident is that when he comes over the friend that he brought with him the lady he the dad tries to like show the baby but the mom is feeling like something's wrong because like i said they have like a weird it's like he's there's domestic violence in this marriage like it's bad mm-hmm. and like sometimes he's rough and so like there's something weird going on like tension wise and so lala is like mm, i'm gonna go like feed the baby or whatever and so they're both pulling on the baby at the same time and they realize that they're pulling on the baby at the same time and they both like go at the same time and baby falls and baby does not wake up the next oh, morning no. 
So like I said, infant death is like a big, I'm only telling you this because it's literally the very beginning. It's like what kicks off the rest of the story. It's like yeah. sad. It's so oh, sad. Um, so that, that happens uh, and his best friend shows up and like, I think that something happened. I'm like, what happened? Oh no, his best friend saw them drop the baby. But so like he knows probably like once they find mm-hmm. out the baby's dead, like what happened there, right? So yeah. like he feels bad about it because he's like, oh man, I showed up and like caused tension because he knows this is a domestic violence situation. Um, but the next day when baby doesn't wake up, they say that he uh that the baby had been kidnapped. And so like the police are trying to figure out what happened because the dead dead baby that was kidnapped is now found dead on the beach Mm -hmm. so like the police are now involved and it's like this whole thing and the dad is still trying to hide from the police and so there's a lot of interactions with the police a lot of going back and forth to just tell you kind of backstory about lala and their life together and like it does like say work towards like a primary goal um we do see the the widow of the guy that her husband murdered Oh, yeah, she comes up a lot because it like alternates characters for different chapters. So sometimes it's a Lala chapter, sometimes it's a his best friend chapter, sometimes it's Miss Whalen, the lady, the widow's chapter. So like you do get a lot of other information about more peripheral characters and they all kind of weave in and out. And it partially because it's like an island town. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like everybody knows everybody, everybody's involved in some way. Like the police are a little bit corrupt, men are a little violent, like Mm-hmm. There's a lot of prostitution. So like, that's really what this is is about. Like, it's mostly just about their lives. And then like, how, obviously with that main story thread going on of like trying to prevent the police from knowing what happened to the baby. And you do find out some more information that like is kind of withheld from the reader. Um, like I said earlier, the way that the particular author like reveals information along the way was really good. It just took me a little bit to get into it. Mm-hmm. And it is a really rough story. Like it it really yeah. is. Like even just this little bit that I've given you, like I don't even want to give more just because it is like a pretty this there's a lot happening here. Um I was happy with the way it wrapped up though. I feel like okay. ultimately it ends up being like a feel good, even though it's a rough journey. But I think that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like so still worth it. Yeah, I would give it, I'm going to give it like, um, I don't know. I've debated on this like all all day, all day. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with a four just because it did take me quite a while to like get going on it. But once I did, I was like, what happened here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I had a lot of questions that I needed to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in, then you're hooked. Yeah. But it's a rough, a rough path. Like I said. Good to know. Very different than yours. Yes. Very. I was like, mine is just more like playing with my own mind, not like my characters, but. Yeah, I know that's aggressive. But that one has been on my list for a while. So I'll just have to remember that of like, do it when I'm in like a good mindset. It's heavy. It's definitely heavy. Don't do it if I'm already like in a dark place because. Sure don't. Yeah. Not going to be good. Awesome. So we have uh, next up is, I believe, nonfiction. So. who knows what that could be it could be heavy it could be light it could be anything we'll find out i mean i'm pretty sure mine has murder in it what else is new i haven't even picked mine and i because i forgot till just now so (laughs) oh my gosh i'm killing it yeah doing so good at this social medias instagram and twitter are isn't it past your bedtime and no that's instagram and tiktok twitter is iipyb underscore pod one of these days i'll get it where i can change it up um but yeah that's it Hit us up if you guys ever have questions, ideas for topics, all of that. And hope you enjoyed. And we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.